So I wanted to talk to you about um, wellness. Everybody is on this 2021 wellness campaign and dry January and um, trying to get a good start on such a tumultuous last year. So yeah. what are what is your best advice for for really having a really positive start in this wellness campaign? Well, I think that first of all, it's such a great time to be recommitting to self-care and wellness. And the way to start, I think, is to let go of any judgment for what happened with your own commitment to self-care and wellness in 2020. I think if we are um, trying to move forward, we have to take it one day at a time. And each day that we wake up is a new day to commit to yourself and to having good habits. And I think part of what happened in 2020 is we lost some of just the really basic things. So I think starting simple is a great way to start. Things like committing to sleep and getting enough sleep, but also a consistent sleep schedule. I think keeping a schedule was something that we kind of let go of in 2020 in a way that may have been positive. You know, sometimes just going with the flow and letting go of control is really good, but actually going to bed and waking up at the same time every day is a foundation for a healthy body. So I think that's a really, really good place to start. And there are so many ways that we can help with that. One is just making that commitment. And then the other is starting to put some sleep rituals in um, to use things like aromatherapy at night or a hot bath or maybe even some tinctures of passion flower. And, uh, and then also looking at how are you using your energy during the day to support good sleep? Are you exercising? Are you getting out and moving? Can we shift the parts of our day that are stressful a little bit earlier and then turn our devices off more at night, maybe using a screen that filters the blue light out or just keeping devices out of the bedroom? Those are ways to start to support our natural circadian rhythms for sleep. Um, and then some of the other simple things I think people should be focusing on is just hydrating enough, right? Not going for the like, especially the dry January, not doing like, coffee in the morning, alcohol at night, and then feeling kind of slightly dehydrated all day. And there you go, drinking your water, uh, especially with all these Zoom calls that we're doing. There's something where like in real life to pick up water feels natural. And for me, when I'm teaching on Zoom all day, I end up not drinking water. But hydration is really important for at every part of our body, how our body functions, the lymph flow, our skin, our hair, um, metabolism. So, and then building on top of that, instead of saying, I'm going to do everything now, I'm going to do the diet and the, but really kind of saying, I'm starting with simple things and I'm going to congratulate myself for doing those things and then add on as the year goes forward. Yeah. I mean, these are all, this is all good advice. I, I try, but I feel like I am such a self-sabotager. Um, it's so hard working from home, having three kids. Mm -hmm. they're in school, they're out of school, schools shut down, they're online. And it's like, you try to say, okay, you know, I am going to um, hydrate more. I'm going to meditate in the morning. I have like all these little, you know, my little um, 
my little things that I do to kind of help me stay focused, stay grounded as you know, I run my own business. Also, there's always an issue that arises, customer service issues, shipping issues, delivery issues, all those things. And, and all of those kind of like bombard you during the day. And then yeah. by the end of the day, then your kids come home or the zoom stops and it's like, you need to unwind. And this is one of the issues that I have. Like I go straight to having a glass of wine mm -hmm. straight. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and I actually bought some non-alcoholic, um, versions of like yeah. a cocktail and it, 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 you know, I think it's almost like the motion of just getting that glass, filling it up and saying like, this is like my adult beverage, whether it's got alcohol in it or not. I noticed that it is a little easier of a switch than what I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. But again, it's like, by the time I get to bed and everything, I feel like I'm wired. I just cannot unwind taking melatonin, yeah. taking like, do you have, do you know any like really good natural sleep um, other than CBD? I mean, I take CBD too, but sometimes it's like, it's by the time I fall asleep, it's like one thirty in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with everything that you're saying. And you know, one of the issues with alcohol is that it does disrupt our sleep. So it feels like it's relaxing us, but then it's not, which doesn't mean we, you know, we shouldn't drink entirely all through our life, but just to be aware of that with sleep. Um, I like to use, there's a, an herbal company called Anima Mundi, and they make a dream tonic that has valerian root and passion flower, which are, I find to be more calming and, and sleep supportive than CBD, which works for some people and doesn't work for other people. For me, it doesn't help with sleep, but the, the dream serum helps. And there are other brands that make similar things to that. So, you know, of course, consult your doctor and take the proper dose, but it's, it's really natural and, and really helpful. Um, but I love this idea of having like the end of day ritual, not have to be a glass of wine. I, I find that the things that make me feel like I'm having a glass of wine, like a Ruibos tea or a rose tea, and they make, um, there's a brand called Sound that makes a sparkling rose tea. So then you feel like you're having a little like sparkling pink champagne. Um, because it is just that sitting down and saying, you know, this is my moment for me. Uh, but I think I've also shifted to, if I'm a little wired before bed, I'll do my workout before bed. And they used to say, you know, don't do that because that ramps you back up. But sometimes we just have, especially right now when there's this sort of global chronic anxiety, we just have too much anxiety we need to do our movement at night to bring our nervous systems down or to do our breath work and our meditation at night to bring our nervous systems down as opposed to doing it in the morning like we used to would have done, especially like I'm like you, like working from home, kids at home, the schedule changes every day. It's really hard to have consistency. Um, but I've also started to incorporate my children into more things. You know, can I like, can, can my meditation, because that's the thing for me that's fallen off the most in 2020, can my meditation be snuggling with my children or just having like a really present moment with some of the things that we have to be doing for them? Can dishes become a meditation? Can cooking become a meditation? And just kind of stealing those little moments wherever we can. So that's interesting because I do TM. So mm -hmm. I would be curious to see how you can like do other types of 
meditation like that. I, I because I've never been trained in in any other in any other type. And I know that breath works so well. It's like mm -hmm. it's just kind of getting yourself to do it. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, what? Why haven't I been doing this? Yeah. Every single day. It's yeah. like it's, sometimes it's so hard to just break the habit. We keep going back to like our old vices every single time. It's like mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. it's really hard to break it. And it's almost like whenever the stress level starts building up, we go right back to those like comfort zones. Yeah. So one of the things we talk about a lot in in um, as meditation teachers is we do our practice when things are not stressful, when we're not busy, when things are good, so that it is already habitual when things are hard. So when we wait until a stressful day to be like, oh, this is, and you know that from doing TM, right? It's supposed to be really every day so that it's just like you wouldn't not brush your teeth. You wouldn't not put your clothes on before you walked out the door. You wouldn't not meditate because it's such a habit. So sometimes setting a commitment of even, okay, I'm going to do it for three days in a row, no matter what, and then make that seven and then it becomes 30 and then it becomes a new habit. And for many of us that are you know, you were talking about like there's a customer service issue and that pulls you away from what you're doing. In reality, a breath practice or a meditation practice can be just a few minutes and anything that's going on in our life other than, you know, an emergency can, a true emergency with our children can wait three minutes. So if you put it on your calendar and say, no matter what is going on, I'm going to do this short practice then it, it happens. And it's the only way in, in, for many of us that it will happen during a time like this, because frankly, it's 2021, but we're still, you know, in this kids at home, working from home situation. I know that right now, mo a lot of people I speak to are really down. Like yeah. they're just completely spent. Um, mm -hmm. Because we thought like everybody thought this was a thing is a, when the, the clock struck 12 and we were 2021, 20, everybody kind of felt like, okay, we should be done with this. But now everybody's kind of had like this letdown of 2021. And um, I think that that's probably an issue. It's like, well, we're still here, still doing the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I think it's emotionally really hard. I think people are, there's a lot of mental health issues happening right now. I think the healthiest of us are feeling down. And I was one of those people where when it first started, I didn't expect it to go on. And so, you know, you have regrets, like why didn't I shift sooner or whatever, but we can't live that way. We can just say, no. you know, today. And, and I think some of it is, there's this um, Hawaiian story that says that, you know, trauma comes from expectations. It doesn't come from what's actually happening to you. It comes from your expectation around that situation. And so letting go of the expectation of this day should look like what my day looked like in 2019. I still wake up and feel that way. Like, but I want to go do this and that. We have to just let go of that and, you know, live for what it is right now. Yeah. And I think it's so important to follow people on social media that have these that kind of speak the way you do because automatically right now I'm just like feel calmed. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm dealing with uh, anybody at home or kids or anybody who's work related, it's like this fire, this like constant mm -hmm. like fireball. And now I feel like almost like everything's kind of calmed down. 
And I think it's really important that people find that person, whether it's on social media or it's a, a, a trainer or it's a mentor or to find that person where you can connect with them even five to 10 minutes, a few times a week. And just like, bring yourself down that cortisol level, like just comes down. And that's really, yeah. that's, that's even like one simple step that people can do. It is it, t- taking our nervous system from fight or flight or freeze. Most of us, especially as women, we don't fight or, or flight, we freeze into a state of rest, digest, heal and calm is one of the best things that we can do for our bodies, for our mental clarity, for our health, for our immunity. And, you know, it's a lot of why I started the membership that we have a a membership with my method um, during this time is we have these live interactions with all the members or we can get together and breathe and have a, you know, a little chat and do some healing movement because even just taking a, like you said, a couple of minutes a day, five minutes, even a couple of times a week to just bring your nervous system down you come out of that cortisol state. And so then when cortisol spikes again, it becomes productive instead of destructive. So it's so important to have practices that, that calm the nervous system. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I know, I'm so excited to like check out the app and, and, and your membership and check out all those things because it's like, I, I already feel it already. It's like, you have a very calming type of way that you speak and, yeah, you just have like this really good chill aura, which I think a lot of people need. Thank you, I appreciate that. And the other thing that calms me dramatically is the minute I see snow, Mm. it is like the number one calming, most relaxing thing that I can ever be around. Yeah, I like snow too. I actually spent this past weekend in the Northwestern Catskills doing some playing and hiking in the snow. And there's something about like just the, the quiet, the way it like sucks the sound out when it's mm-hmm. snowing, it's so beautiful. Um, but yeah, I also try to have my, you can see I have my workspace surrounded by windows and I got a lot of criticism at the beginning about it for, um, through like Instagram followers saying, you know, you have so much like backlight and sunlight, it's sometimes hard to see. And I, but I did not want to give that up because I, I'm you know, often teaching all day and I'm here all day and I want to be able to look out the window and I terrace and see my trees and have sun, get my vitamin D. So shifting into a place that maybe had better lighting, it was like, it wasn't, I couldn't do it. I think this is, it's important for us to have these like lovely work environments, especially while we're working from home. Exactly. Oh, but one thing I wanted to ask you is, aren't there certain moves in Pilates um, and in yoga that kind of like detoxify the kidneys and liver? Yeah, so um, so your kidneys are sitting back here. They're actually behind the, the bag, the visceral sac around the organs and the liver is here in the front and they both sit really just under where the breath diaphragm is. And so when we're doing breath-centered movements that move the thoracic spine and pump the diaphragm down on the inhale, it presses into the liver, presses into the kidneys, the adrenals are sitting right on top of the kidneys, and it just clears all of that out. So, you know, our organs, they have, they have motility, but which is their ability to move and squeeze and, you know, um, digest and but they don't have enough motility to function optimally. And so 
the diaphragm and then also the rest of the deep core, the transversus abdominis and the pelvic floor, the way that those engage with each other and decrease and increase the volume of the organ cavity increases the motility. And so it does help to cleanse adrenals, kidneys, liver, and also helps with digestion and metabolism. Can you show us that? I would love to see that for everybody who's not doing the dry January. Maybe this is something that they can implement and it's, you know, a positive change and it's something quick that they can do and, um, and help and, and, you know, detoxify. We're always looking to detox. Yeah. So why don't we do it as a, a breath lesson to teach how those muscles work? Because then they can be incorporated into lots of different movements and then we can do a few movements with them as well. Okay. You want to do it with me? Yes. Perfect. I can do it right where I'm sitting. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll start with thinking about the pelvic floor. The pelvic floor is, you can imagine it like a dome at the pelvic outlet between pubic bone, tailbone, and two sits bones. And when you inhale, the pelvic floor releases and domes down so that the organs can move down and out. And as you exhale, the pelvic floor engages and domes up so the organs can move in and up. So take that as an inhale to release the pelvic floor down and an exhale to move it up. Yeah. And then we add in the thought of the diaphragm. So the diaphragm is this huge domed muscle at the base of the ribs. It looks a bit like a jellyfish. And when we inhale, it drops down. So there's an expansion into the side ribs and into the back ribs and out into the belly. And then as we exhale, we'll draw the belly button in and the pelvic floor up to let the diaphragm move back up. So you can image the diaphragm dropping down as you inhale and moving up as you exhale. And the movement in conjunction with that of the pelvic floor will drop the organs down on the inhale and then up on the exhale. So it's like the jellyfish is just swimming. And you can notice if you're expanding well in the diaphragm, maybe just by holding the side and back ribs and feeling them expand on the inhale and then come together on the exhale. And then you can also do one hand on your belly, one hand on your back and see, are you allowing it to expand as you breathe in and then cinch together front and back as you breathe out, but without shortening. So one of the things that people do wrong with core engagement that then doesn't support the cleansing and the detoxifying of the organs is they suck their belly button in and the organs push down or they lock their ribs down and they clench and then it just makes everything too static. So what we want with the core engagement is to feel like a lifting stream of water up the front of the spine as we breathe out, and then a real release as we breathe in. So that it's really dynamic. So it's like we're squishing the organs out like that as we're engaging. And it's just that simple. And so then if you're doing, for example, you know, a hands and knees exercise, we can feel that when we're rounding, we're breathing into the back diaphragm and into the kidneys. And maybe when we're arching, we're opening the pelvic floor. So we're incorporating those motions of the core into the movement of the spine. 
or if we're doing things like side bending that help to open up the diaphragm and the kidney space, that we're really breathing into that part of the diaphragm and then using the support of the belly to come back up. So we, you know, we think so much that movements need to be, you know, really kind of big or hard to make change, but actually restoring our natural functionality is how we, how we make change. So am I like, I'm kind of like purposely pushing the stomach out and in, is that? So it's, it should feel a little bit more like a, an allowing than a doing. So we don't want to bear down on our belly or our pelvic floor. We want to feel more like the lungs are expanding like a balloon being blown up. And because they're expanding and because we're not clenching around our organs, there's a movement, right? The organs are there. You know, we, we, we see like pictures of them in, you know, biology class and maybe they're like hard plastic or something. But what they really are is they're really wet and heavy. So they slide on each other and they fall with gravity if we just release. So we can do less and then that less is actually more. Got it. Got it. So not mm -hmm. to like really push out the belly, just kind of like a, a slow movement, a, almost like a flow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're holding the, you know, the muscles uh, where the psoas comes in and the back diaphragm and the extensors in our back, those are muscles of the fight or flight stage in our nervous system. So if we've been chronically stressed, they'll be tight. So when we start to do this breath practice, it will be really difficult to actually move the diaphragm down and to find the breath into your back. But trying harder just makes the stress more. It's more about just having awareness and then taking time and then doing it every day or doing it with each of your movements or when you need a moment, a break on a call or something like that to just feel it and, and it'll start to shift. That's great. I'm going to really try to do this. I mean, especially like you can do this at your desk. These are like, these are easy, small movements that you can just take a few minutes out. It's not a huge commitment, but I think it's important that people find these little, little things that are, that they can just implement easily that they don't have to change clothes, they don't have to change settings, um, and they can just do it at their desk. These are small things that can really make so much of a change. Yeah, there's so many things that people can do at their desk or like step away and do on the floor when they're sitting. And I think, you know, one of the things that I find interesting is that where someone feels stress or pain or aches in their body when they're sitting a lot isn't usually where they need to stretch. So people don't make the right choices for making their bodies feel better. For mm. example, if we're sitting looking at a screen, a lot of people will sit back in their chair and round their spine and look down at their screen. So their back is actually quite long. It's in a static position, but it's long. And it starts to get achy because it's being asked to do a job it's not supposed to. It's not lined up well. So then they want to stretch their back out, but it's already overstretched. So it's actually more important for them to you know, maybe like separate their feet wide on the floor and take an arch, take an extension and look up at the ceiling and arch their low back to reverse what's happening when we're on the Zoom call or to do things like taking a side bend. Side bends are wonderful because the fascial lines of the body, they come up and we have a sideline fascia and a spiral line fascia that wraps all the way around. And if we are, on, you know, stressed out, we're not breathing, we're on a call, 
they'll lock. And then it's almost like a Chinese finger trap. You can't lengthen anything while those are locked. So often just taking a simple side bend, maybe rotating in the side bend can make a huge difference when you've been on the computer all day. Oh my God, I'm so tight. That's really- Yeah, I see that. You need to be doing these. Okay. Yeah, I will. I will definitely do that. I have a question for you. You know, your arms look incredible. And do you do any weights or do you just do light weights with Pilates? I just do Pilates for my arms and uh, I use light weights. Yeah, we use ones, twos, and threes in the classes that I teach. And really the only arms I'm doing are within the classes that I'm teaching. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I'm a believer in lifting heavy weight in terms of just biology. And, you know, we pick our kids up and I cook, so I'm carrying around heavy hands. But what makes us strong is having strength in our intrinsic muscles and support in our joints. And those are tiny little muscles. So it isn't that people should be using one pounds for say bicep curls, but we should be using the appropriate weight for the muscles we're trying to target. And because, you know, I am um, a mom and I'm, I'm doing things with my big mover muscles just throughout the house, when I'm working out, I like to work my, the small muscles that I really, that are harder to access that I need tone in. And I think for most women, that's how they look the best. And it's also the best way to prevent injury. Um, you know, you, you know, from being at my studio, we've, we have thousands of clients of all ages and the injury that I see the most from exercise at other places is rotator cuff injuries and frozen shoulder. And it's really common or like neck pain. And it comes from lifting heavy weight without having the strength in the rotator cuff or in the, the small muscles of the shoulder that they need. And what happens when they're doing that is not only do they get that pinch that starts to fray the muscle, which is irreversible, but they also build bulk in their prime movers without having tone around it. And so then they're like, how come my arms still don't look good? So we've created all these yeah. exercises that work, you know, teres, major teres, minor, infraspinatus, supraspinatus, the different fibers of the triceps, because there's three triceps. And we sometimes will just fire a part of one muscle instead of the whole muscle. So you have to back off on weight and focus, really focus on form to get good tone and to reshape. I was working with a trainer and doing extremely heavy weights. Everybody was telling me, you know, as you age, you've got to start really lifting heavy weights. And I really was not happy with the way I looked. I just, it just kind of looked like big. It wasn't cut nicely like yours. Mm -hmm. um, but now it's like, I'm doing much more, um, I'm doing things at home that are like more bar, Pilates, and now I'm starting to see like smaller cuts. So this totally makes, makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing that happens in training that doesn't create the right tone in, in arms for, for women particularly is, you know, they, the exercises are very linear, but as humans are, the body is designed to move very three-dimensionally with a lot of spirals and a lot of different angles. And so we have to be working our bodies in all of those angles and with the like, different weights and different directions and with different coordination between upper and lower body to get everything strong and functional. And what I love about that is if we're working in a functional way that's biomechanically correct, 
it not only is what will make us look the best, it's also what will make us feel the best and age well. I mean, you know, I, I'm focused on, of course we can't not age, but I'm trying. <laughs> so, um, and you know, a lot of what makes people look older is the dryness from the lymph not circulating well, it's bad posture, it's the changes in gait, and we can prevent all of that with healthy movement. Yeah. I mean, you look amazing. Absolutely amazing. I feel like you haven't aged at all. Thank you. Same, same with you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's just incredible. I, I just started doing what I have found has helped me tremendously is doing lymphatic drainage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's we, just, um, we just did, uh, started a partnership with a lymphatic drainage person at my studio. So um, she's seeing people in the studios. And then I think during uh, COVID, I've been making sure to do more dry brushing because I like the way that the dry brushing moves the lymph. So, and especially when we're all sitting more, you know, I think especially as people that lived in the city, just walk, getting out and walking moves lymph and we forget how much it is negatively affecting us that we're not doing that. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we go ahead and um, try out the pin? Okay, awesome. Okay, I'm gonna... I have, I have it in this bag. Should I take it out? Yeah. Start? Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever used a hairpin before? No, but I love this. It's beautiful. Thank you. So I had been designing jewelry for, I, I, I was in the hair industry when I first moved into the city as like a teenager and, um, I was doing that for a long time when I got my, when I got pregnant with my daughter, I really wanted to try something else. I had been dabbling in jewelry and I had some of my clients purchase things, you know, when they would come in the salon. And finally, when I got pregnant with her, I was like, I have to do something different. I just didn't mm -hmm. want to do that. The same thing that I had been doing since I was 18 years old. Um, and it really, I, I just needed another creative outlet. So I was designing jewelry for 14 years and I wanted, people always asked me, oh, you know, why don't you make um, faux jewelry, costume jewelry? And it really, I was not passionate by it. But then I got the idea, I was like, you know, there, is, there are no hair accessories out there that are just simple without rhinestones mm -hmm. and fabrics and overly, they're mostly overly, um, lots of glitz and blitz going on. So um, I wanted to do something that everybody can wear, any type of style, simple, and it will match your jewelry. Like if you're wearing white gold and diamonds, you pick up the silver. If you're wearing yellow gold, you pick up the yellow gold and you never have to kind of like think about it. You're, you're not fussing, you pick your metal and it will be able to go with you whatever time of day, at night, during the day. And it's just like matching. And that's where Hair of J came from. And I was always looking for a hairpin because I always wear my hair in a bun that was not bendable. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah, because you have a lot of hair like I do. It's heavy. So the bendable ones just fall out, right? Well, they and they also just get really like messed up looking and they don't, mm -hmm. and, and, and they just get misshapen and they don't hold your hair as well. And when mm -hmm. they're misshapen, when it's in your hair, it doesn't look as pretty. Mm. I was excited about this because I find when I wear 
like of my hair in a bun with a rubber band, it breaks the hair and it also feels a little, like it tugs too much on my hair. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's multiple ways. Um, some people find it very easy to use it. Some people think it's a little bit more challenging. It just takes practice. I mean, people have been using hairpins since Cleopatra days. So um, they've been around. It's just that this one's a little bit different. And um, so you just have to kind of figure out how to wear it. I'm gonna do it in front of you and I'm gonna do a top knot. This is how, I mean, all day long, I'm literally, my hair is up, my hair is down. I don't like to be sitting at my desk with my hair hanging in my face. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm getting a little closer. So basically you wanna just wrap your bun. Let's get that again. Then you wanna take your pin upside down, grab a little bit of the hair and glide that underneath the bun and just push it through. And it's really tight. That's if you wanna use it as a top knot. So easy. Yeah, I like a top knot because when I lie on my back to teach, exactly. if the right at the back, I can't keep it in. And you don't have to do it as tight as that either. Like another way to do it is kind of get one of those silk scrunchies. Uh-huh put it in there and then wrap it around. And that's really great for people who have really fine hair and want to make their bun look a little bit juicier. Does that look, is that right? Yep. This feels like when I was a ballerina, we had to take classes on how to make buns. I feel like I'm in, I'm in class. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I go, Upside down. This way. Mm -hmm. A little and then flip it. Does it feel tight? Yeah. Like Cute. it's never gonna come out. Yeah, it's and then <laughs> what's it. great so is What's great is that when you let your hair down, you won't have all these kinks. Mm, yeah, it doesn't ruin the blowout. Right. I'm gonna cool. do it just a little bit looser. So you don't have to do it so tight. So you can wrap it looser. I'll just show you again. So again, there you go. I love it, it's great. I like how simple and beautiful they are too. Thank you. So they come in uh, in four different colors, black, silver, gold, and rose. So whatever jewelry you're wearing or whatever color your accessories are, you just kind of match it up. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. And they come in a smaller size too. A smaller size is really more for if you want to wear it half up, half down. Mm-hmm. That's how my daughter likes to wear hers, so that's good. Oh, that's cute. Do you want to talk about your membership? Yeah, so it's such an amazing community um, where we have live classes that uh, are taught by me and then all of my experts and teachers that I've trained and, and had with me for over a decade. 
And the live classes are great because you are committing to, you know, being there, showing up and getting your wellness practices and your movement and exercise in, but they're also interactive. So we do personalized corrections and talk about the form for each person through the class. And there's Q&A at the beginning and at the end where you can ask any questions about what's going on in your body, what you can do for your practice, anything about wellness or nutrition. And then on top of that, we have a really vast pre-recorded library where I have exercise and movement classes, but also restorative practices that include ways to kind of embody your anatomy to figure out where you're holding stress, um, learning how to breathe, how to heal your pelvic floor, uh, neck pain, shoulder pain, anything that we, you know, sort of all have going on right now. And then there's nutritional guidance and uh, there are guided meditations. And we're also bringing in experts to do little chats and conversations. So we're talking with the best acupuncturists or the best um, Chinese medicine OBGYNs or, you know, we bring our gyro teachers and our yoga teachers. So it's all of the things that you need to really be your healthiest self, both in your wellness and also in your fitness. And it's, it really comes from having done this for so long. I started teaching in 1998 and I opened my first studio in 2003. And so I've watched what works for people and how it isn't just about exercise. We need our movement to be part of our overall wellness and moving well is what makes you fitter, but it's also what makes you healthier. And through all that time of teaching and kind of figuring out what worked for people, it wasn't just about the experiment. I was also researching and learning and studying and certifying. So I'm bringing in this 20 years of training and experience and for the first time making it available to people that can't either afford or by proximity come in and do our private sessions in our studio. So that for me has been kind of one of the, the, the good things about 2020 is to just be able to reach people from all over the world that really need this type of movement and this type of wellness that couldn't come to our New York studio or LA studio. It's been really, really exciting. And we've already just seen so many changes in our, in our clients that have been doing the membership. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I'm going to really dive into it uh, this evening. Is there like a Erica's arms series? There actually is. There is, there is the Erica's daily arms, the things that I do every day for my arms. It's, oh my it's God. One of our videos. I'm going to be doing that. And I'm going to, I actually want to do a before and after. How long, how long do you say if you, if you commit to it at four times a week, you're going to do the Erica's arms. How long would you say that you're going to really start seeing definition? You know, what's interesting is like so much of how our body looks has to do with posture. And I think people's posture changes within the first week. So I have clients that say like, everyone says I look like I lost 30 pounds and I didn't lose any weight. And it's just because they're, they're aligning themselves better. Um, in terms of really changing muscle tone, it takes a few weeks, but then you'll keep seeing more and more and more changes. Um, I, you know, I, one of my favorite days of last year was uh, 
New Year's Eve day where I did a check-in with clients about what changes they made during the year. And there were just not just weight loss, but just but tone changes and people that were in pain that are out of pain. And it's, it really, it's really, it really works. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I see it like when I really commit, I see it in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Really in two weeks. Yeah. It, it can, it's fast, I think, for a lot of people. It depends on on nutrition, of course, as well. Yes. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're on bone broth and doing the Erica's <laughs> arms, you're gonna be rich. I feel like you know, so many people. It's it's really hard right now. People are just like they can't get to the gym. They're stuck at home. They can't leave because their kids have to put them on Zoom and people are getting stuck in a rut. And I think if they know that they there's another app, like some people go to certain apps or they have memberships and they, it's just maybe it's not clicking with them or yeah. there's one for everyone. And maybe this one, you know, will be good for some people. That's great. Yeah, I agree. And well, and I also, I love that we're doing the virtual one-on-one because that's something that I think has really helped people and can help people going forward because it's an appointment, right? So you have to keep it and you're getting exactly what you need in that session since it's a private session. So it's really efficient. You get a lot out of it. So I think the membership is wonderful and everybody should do it. And But then the supplementing with the virtual private one-on-ones it just keeps you in that practice of really showing up to take care of yourself. Absolutely. And then you do a few, a few of the preloaded, you get on a live and then you really know, like after you do that, what you really want to ask your trainer when you do the private, like, mm-hmm. I really want to continue working on my lower abs, my inner thighs. Like, I feel like the inner thighs are kind of hard to get at home because we always want oh. to go on that machine. I have so many amazing tricks for inner thighs at home. We work inner thighs. We actually work the whole body in every class, but we specifically work inner thighs in every class because I think people, they're, they are underworked in a lot of at home. Totally. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if you don't have that machine that you have at your studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I found a lot of like hacks for um, replicating the um, apparatus exercises on the mat. So we have all, all of my favorite things from the reformer or the Cadillac we've been able to put into the mat work. Oh, amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm so excited to, to, to learn them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Great. Um, all right. I think we're good. We talked yeah. about everything. Yeah. This was wonderful. Yes. Thank it was so, so good much. to see you. So good to see you. Thank you for having me. No, Talk thank you. Soon. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.